0: Porn Free Radio, Episode 181, How Successful Guys Overcome Lack of Motivation. Guys, this week, join me for Michael Leahy's Restored Virtual Summit. I'll be speaking on December 12th, along with 80 other uh, recovery experts. And uh, you might remember Michael from last year. He was on Episode 135 of Porn Free Radio. And he's back with an all-new summit where he gets together some of the, uh, the best thinking and best uh, experts in the area of recovery and um, does a virtual summit for 10 days starting December 9th going all the way to December 18th uh, to get access to the summit. You can actually watch the teachings and the talks for free. At uh, You can go to recoveredman.com slash restored. That's recoveredman.com slash restored now I would recommend upgrading to the VIP option where you you, you pay a one-time fee and you get access uh, indefinitely to all of the the talks because it's going to be impossible to watch the 80 different talks in the 10-day period it's you'd, you, it's like a full-time job watching these things. Um, so I'm actually speaking on December 12th you can sign up uh, to watch my talk uh, December 12th it's called, The Key to a Successful Porn-Free Life. And uh, anyway, I'm really excited. It was fun to connect with Michael again. And uh, you can get access at recoveredman.com slash restored. All right? That's R-E-S-T-O-R-E-D. And uh, yeah, we'll see you at the summit. All right, let's start the show. And now for my next number, I'd like to return to the classics. Perhaps... The most famous classic in all the world of, music. world of music. Porn-free radio. Don't worry, we can fix that right now. voice the answer, we'll be off. Plug one, plug two, plug one, plug two, plug one, plug two. Well, welcome to Porn Free Radio. I'm your host, Matt Dopschutz. This is where you come to get hope and take action. And we're listening to a little of the classic, (laughs) the classic track, Plug Tuning. By De La Soul. I was reading an article about De La Soul. They actually were in high school when they put together the demo for this song. And uh, they they had to go to summer school because they didn't do good in their classes. And uh, But Pastanus, uh, Pasta Noose, uh one, of, one of the guys in the group, he, he lived across the street from the high school. And um, so they would go over there at lunch and they'd go over there at breaks. And uh, they were just making loops with tapes um so this song originally was a tape loop they you know would they got that little hook and they would um tape it back and forth you remember those old tape decks where you had the two tape decks um he would record and pause these little make and basically make a loop and um they shared it with prince paul from stetsasonic and he definitely heard something in it and uh they Ended up going in the studio, recording it, and uh, the rest is history. Now, what's interesting about the song is it has so many samples in it. I think there's like a James Brown sample, a Billy Joel sample. Uh, I forget who who the main the main hook is by, but um, anyway, there's so many samples in it. You probably couldn't make it today. It's it's just so so many samples. <laughs> uh, I think it's basically an illegal song. Um, if you notice. Uh, De La Soul's early work is not even on Spotify. I think it's because there's so many things that are uncleared. Um, but gosh, those are the good old days. I loved it when you could just just sample, make new music. I mean, it's just awesome. Um, I don't really believe that art is illegal. If you're building uh, songs, I just, I don't know. That's another story. That's another story. But today, uh, we are focused on, we're starting this new series about successful guys, what successful guys do, and we're talking about how successful guys overcome lack of motivation. Now, I've talked about motivation a lot. It's one of the topics that's come up um, a lot on Porn Free Radio over the last four years, and uh, I mean, I talked in episode, I started talking about, it, I think I talked about it in 36, episode 36, Finding Your Motivation, Uh, I did a whole three part series uh, last fall, um, starting with episode 132, 133, and 134. Uh, I did an episode uh, recently this spring called Are You Waiting for Motivation in episode 170. You know, and if you deconstruct some of the other episodes, you know, I talk a lot about finding your why and, you know, what's your internal reason for going porn free? What's your internal motivation? Um, So, you know, obviously I've talked a lot about this subject. Um, So, you know, I'll tell you kind of the, you know, the basic idea um, that comes up almost in each one of these podcasts. It's the idea that, um, you know, motivation, it's great when you have it, but um, what really helps get you going is action, and, you know, it's the idea, you know, there's this old 12-step quote, we can't think our way in the right action, uh, but we can act our way in the right thinking. The idea is taking a little action a lot of times leads you to the type of thinking um, that you're looking for. And if you're waiting for motivation, uh, sometimes it doesn't come. Now I I quoted in uh episode 170 my friend and coach Aaron Walker not my coach he's a a coach of men and, and you know he he talks about how you know he says motivation doesn't work why because it's an exhaustible resource what i need is a plan you know and he 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 shares this one line where he says you know, if I need to go to my mailbox, I need to put my left foot in front of my right 30 times and then I'm there. It's a plan. It's strategic. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that that is definitely, um, you know, kind of the takeaway for creating momentum, create, you know, is not waiting for motivation and looking to take uh, some action. But I titled this talk specifically "How to Overcome Lack of Motivation." Um, so I thought I would spend a few minutes talking about um, what I really think. What I really think we have when we have a sense of lack of motivation, we use the word "a lack of motivation," meaning like um, we feel like we don't have that reason um, to 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 pursue recovery, or we don't feel like maybe we've gone deep enough, like we haven't had that rock bottom moment. Um, And that's, and the way we describe it is lack of motivation. But I actually think it's slightly different. It's not that we're not motivated. It's not that like deep down we want to be porn free, right? I think there's a piece of us that really wants freedom, But, and we describe it as a lack of motivation, but I actually think it's closer uh, to something like hopelessness. We've become hopeless. Uh, And even worse than hopeless, we've become apathetic. So not only are we hopeless, we, we don't think there's any way we can change, but we've stopped trying. So our problem isn't just a lack of motivation. It's not that we don't have, we haven't clicked into, hey, what's going to motivate me? What's going to get me moving? It's that we're in a state of hopelessness. We're apathetic. You know, we're not trying anything. We've given up trying. Um, And so we're not, so even if motivation came along, we're so stuck that we can't even see it. And I see this sometimes in marriages. you know um, you know something will happen where um, you know, like me, you'll you'll get caught by your wife um, you know downloading porn, or she'll she'll see your browser history, or she'll see your phone or something and realize, oh, you've been hiding, you know acting out with porn. Now, for me, that served as a prompt. Uh, motivation, if you will, to start movement, start moving towards recovery. Uh, but I've seen guys who get caught and it doesn't have that reaction. Um, they just they just feel more hopeless. Um, their wife gets mad. Um, you know there's there's these consequences now um, to the porn and to the porn behaviors. And it doesn't prompt them to take action; they just kind of wallow um, and 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 feel stuck. Why? Because I think they're they're not at a point where you know sort of the prompting of their wife catching them actually pushes them into positive action because they're already in that state of hopelessness. Um, we talked about this a little bit uh, a few weeks ago um, when I shared. In episode 179, about flow. And I quoted the work of uh, psychologist uh, mahahi Chisik Mahaihi. I think, I think I botched the name. Hold on, hold on. All right, it's Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, Mahaihi. All right. Um, you know, he wrote a book called Flow. And when we were talking about flow, uh, one of the things he talked about is when we get overwhelmed by the challenge uh, of going porn-free, when we get overwhelmed by a challenge and we don't have the skills, it leads uh, to anxiousness, it leads to um, feeling overwhelmed, it leads to apathy, uh, that we just start feeling hopeless. And, you know, it makes sense. Um, you know, why do we do porn in the first place, right? Uh, you know, I, I, I think this is really hard sometimes for guys who are from a faith background. Um, their first answer is, you know, well, it's sinful and I have a lust problem, you know, or some of you guys who are from more of the Your Brain on Porn category, the more Your Brain on Porn uh, type of way of looking at it, you, you think you're addicted to dopamine um, or some, you know, some pattern of, of looking at, you know, images and changing images and looking at different stimulus or something like that. And, you know, those are both ways of sort of looking at this problem. But, but I think that deep down when, when we kind of break down our motivations uh, for going to porn, it's, it's basically because we like it. You know, there's some expected enjoyment in it. Um, you know, there's plenty of things in life that we've come across that we didn't get addicted to. Um, I'll give you a great example. Uh, two, two great examples for me. Uh, we know that I've had a dramatic porn addiction, that it, it, it overtook my life at one point, right? I've talked about that. I've talked about my struggle with food and lack of exercise right so those two are front burner you know matt if he's not working a plan is working towards relapse you know it's 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 really clear now let me tell you about a couple other things i've done uh i you know i've gone to a couple card games with friends gambled um i even went one night to a poker game and cleared out the cleared out the 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 room. I took everyone's money except for one guy. And I mean, I came home. I, I came home with hundreds of dollars. I mean, talk about a high, right? I mean, that was like huge. I th- I felt like I had won the uh, the the world poker tournament. Um, it was kind of a weird combination of things that led to that success. Um, I was invited by a friend and no one else knew me at this party. Um, I showed up in a hoodie and I hadn't shaved and I was tired because I think I had been up the night before, like all night. So I, um, my face had no expression. Um, and then I couldn't remember all the details of cards. Like I didn't remember all the nuances. So I was concentrating really hard on the cards. So what you ended up having was a guy no one knew, no one could read, and a guy who seemed really serious, which, you know, doesn't remind me. So they all mistook everything I did. And when I bet high, sometimes they thought it was bluffing. And it just, everything I did was right that night. So my point is, did I become a degenerate gambler after that? No. Did I enjoy the heck out of that time? Absolutely. It was one of the funnest nights of my life but why didn't I go back to it I don't know just whatever whatever reason it didn't click with me it wasn't like this thing that compulsively I had to do over and over now I have a friend Shannon Kayson, has a couple podcasts the trouble is one of his podcasts homemade stories I mean he's a big podcaster he does NPR podcasts he's won the moth he's a big deal great guy, by the way, Um, you know, he, he, he had the gambling bug, like it got him. And it was just like we describe porn and porn behaviors. You know, he would think about it, he'd obsess about it, think about a way to act out. He once was working at a bank and uh, borrowed $50,000 to go to a casino. That's another story. You can hear it on his podcast, right? So it clicked with him. Um, there was another example I had. What was the other example, Matt? I could use a co-host here sometimes. Um, oh, and I just took a drink. Someone, someone told me that they really hate it when I drink on the air and, uh, and that they have to turn off the podcast. And I'm like, all right, whatever. This is a porn recovery podcast. It's about getting help. Don't, don't, don't get so hung up on, on what I'm doing with, with beverages, uh, anyway, no, he was a good guy. I just, I just thought that was funny that he felt the need to tell me that he turned off the podcast cause I was swallowing. Um, I try to cut it out guys. I actually do try to cut it out. Um, I don't, I don't want to, you know, what's that new thing with the, the whispering and, and the, I, okay, I'm off track. Um, oh, I got another one. Um, You ever heard about video game addiction? Um, there's something where you know you get really into playing video games, and you just you know stop eating for three days and just play games. All uh, I don't have it. Whatever that is, I don't have it. Now I remember when Halo came out. I had an Xbox, and you know I played it for a day or two to get through the you know to whatever to 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 win the the battle i don't even remember the the metaphors that they use in halo but you know whatever i did it uh i used to have a tony hawk game and i played that a lot and tried to you know unlock whatever the golden skate shoes or whatever it is but it didn't click with me right and i know some guys it's a big deal you know some guys who um are listening to this podcast they you know they see these as similar i i hear guys all the time um you know, conflating porn addiction and, and video game addiction. Uh, I, I definitely think you could have a video game addiction just similar to this. Um, but I don't make these sort of wholesale, um, they're both, I don't make the, what I don't assume is that if you struggle with one, you don't struggle with, you struggle with the other. Because guess what? I don't have video game addiction. I could care less about getting on the Xbox, the PC, it's just not a thing. I love porn, though. Don't get me wrong. You know, right? So my point is, why do we go to porn? We like it, okay? It's not, it's not just about lust. It's not just about brain science. There's something about that thing that we like. What do we like about it? I think some basic emotional things we like about it. Yep. That's what I said. Emotional things. Um, I think it gives us a certain amount of energy, excitement. There's, there's a, there's a thrill to it. Um, It, you know, I think it provides a, a certain level of joy. I mean, in the sense of, you know, it, there's an expected enjoyment in it. I also think it gives us a couple other things. I think it gives us comfort. I think a lot of times we went to it um, when we were feeling negative emotions, and it felt comforting. Why? Because it's, it's soothing. It's, it's, there's a part of it that's connected to your body. There's all the sorts of things um, with affirmation, nurture, and intimacy that are in porn. The sexuality part of it, um, that p- potentially leads to comfort. Um, also it's a reward to us. We've really associated it with reward. A lot of guys struggle with entitlement. You know, they deserve something. They deserve to be rewarded. They were missed or overlooked. And this is a way that they can reward themselves, right? So, you know, we like it. It provides energy. It provides joy. It comforts us. It rewards us. So it makes sense that we're not jumping up and down to do recovery, why? Because a lot of us associate recovery with punishment, right? We talk about consequences. Um, you know, we talk about we talk about shame, right? There's there's that sort of hum- humiliating part of you know talking about struggling and you know all the challenges related to that. Um, we're not doing something that we enjoy, and what does that feel like? That feels like punishment, right? That feels like we're ge- denying something that was that we liked. Uh, we're getting something taken away. Um, recovery seems uncomfortable to us. It doesn't secure us. It doesn't make us feel better necessarily at first. It feels uncomfortable. We, we have this little security blanket, and it's being taken away from us. Uh, it brings up pain. Uh, how does it bring up pain? Uh, I was thinking about this. There's an Ed, Ed Sheeran song that's called Pain Eraser. I think that's the song. Um, and he, I think he's talking in the song about alcohol. But he talks about, you know, um, the idea is he draws a connection between addiction and erasing pain. And so let's say that we take porn out of our lives. Let's say we let go of it what are we left with? Some of the pain, some of the negative feelings, some of the anxiety, the worry, um, the, um, negative feelings, the sadness, uh, the tiredness, the loneliness, the anger, um, you know, all those things are back on the surface because we don't have our pain eraser anymore. Um, Instead of feeling like energy, at first, recovery seems hard. It, it feels draining going to a meeting or having one of those exhausting conversations with your wife about your addiction. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's draining, right? That's not exciting and fun and energetic. It's exhausting. So we don't like that kind of stuff. And, you know, so we wait for motivation to to do the action we need to take, and we keep waiting because we never never quite get enough motivation to press into all that stuff. And it goes back to that idea of flow. Um, We get overwhelmed by the challenge, and we don't have the skills we need, so we become hopeless and apathetic. So I still believe that movement creates motivation, you know, taking steps, um, you know, helps us with motivation. But I think deep down that lack of motivation is really more akin to hopelessness. It's more the sense of we are hopeless and that leads to apathy. That leads to not trying anymore or giving up. So I think the question to ask is not how to get motivation, but how do we get hope? And, you know, this whole podcast, the whole premise of this podcast is what are the two things? This is where you come to get hope and take action. So the bigger question, and, and I think this is one of the reasons why motivation keeps bubbling up in the podcast is this deeper question of how do we get hope? How do we rebuild hope? You know, I talked about Michael Leahy's uh, Restored Conference. You know, how do we restore our sense of hope when we've become hopeless, when we've become apathetic? So I think there's two ways that we get hope. First is we see it in others. We see it in others. I remember when I was struggling at the beginning, this is probably in the first couple of years of recovery. I met a guy named John who I've mentioned on the podcast, you know, 20 times probably. And he had recovered uh, from a sex addiction and from masturbation. Uh, He didn't have a porn problem uh, that I know of, uh, but he had some other stuff that was going on with him, obsessive thinking, compulsive activity, and masturbation was a big challenge for him. And he, through some support and just some of his own tools um, that he either discovered or developed, um, got sobriety. And... Early on, when I was a mess, when I was making lots of mistakes, when I didn't have a plan, when I was reacting to life, you know, winners anticipate, losers react. I was in the losers react category. Um, and I was, you know, I was taking some action, um, but I wasn't solid. I remember as bad as I felt as, as, you know, hopeless as I sort of felt, or like I couldn't do this there's something that's stuck in my head. John was able to do this. John is able to stay sober. John is not losing his sobriety. John keeps going. John is able. And, and I knew John, and I knew some of his quirks, and I knew some of his weaknesses. And deep down, I think I internalized the truth if John can do this, I can do it. So there was that sense of hope. And and whenever the hopelessness would come, even after a relapse or even after a a big fall, deep down, even through the the shame and through the tears and, and through the feeling stupid and all that stuff, deep down I'd think, John could do this, so can I. So I I first think we see hope in others. And I know many of you guys who've emailed me over the years, that's one of the big things that you've gotten from this podcast. You've heard enough of my stories to know that I'm not putting on a show here, that I really was in this thing, um, that I've gone to some dark places, that I really struggled with all the things we talk about, obsessive thinking, compulsive action, masturbation, Um, You know, all different types of websites, different types of content, all sorts of things. But yet, what's the truth? I'm porn free. I'm masturbation free. I'm edging free now. I'm free from uh, fantasy, you know, you know, masturbation, fantasy, that kind of stuff. That's all true. And deep down, when you listen, and some guys, this is kind of funny, I've noticed these patterns. Some guys listen for a while, they get excited, they get fired up, they get motivated, they start taking action, then something happens, there's a relapse, there's a slip, a little bit of a regression, they unsubscribe from the podcast, kind of wander for a few 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 months, they do some research, if you know what I mean, right? Do, am I really addicted? Is this still a problem? They do research. They find out, yes, it's still a problem. Didn't go away. And then they come back. Why do they come back? I think because deep down they're like, if Matt can do it, I can do it. It's that, that hopelessness, that apathy, really um, the mistaken belief around that really gets uh, broken uh, really starts to fall apart when you see other people you know getting getting free, so I think that 's the first way we get hope. we see it in others. The other way we get hope, and this gets back to the action thing is small wins. When we embrace an action, just even a small action and see a positive result, it builds confidence it builds hope. It's a trickle of hope. It's not, you know, it's not everything. But a small win can, can actually create hope. So it could be closing your computer right as you realize you start to edge. Uh, it could be going to a meeting that you hadn't been to in a while. It could be having a liberating conversation with someone where you get, get current where you kind of talk about what's really going on with you. Um, There's all sorts of little small wins. It could be getting rid of an app off your phone. By the way, uh, I I thought about doing this as as a whole podcast. But I, for the first time in a couple of years, removed an app from my phone. Can you guess what app it was? I have an iPhone, so I'll give you the hint. Some of you maybe think it's uh, Twitter or Instagram or YouTube or something like that. Nope, not those. Um, Facebook, uh, yeah, I did take Facebook off. I'm not off of Facebook, but I did take the app off my phone because I it was wasting time. But that's not the one I'm thinking about. This was an app that I actually actively removed because it was starting... Um, to be a threat. It was starting to have triggers and other things that I just wanted to eliminate. Have you thought about it yet? Here it is, I got rid of the news app. The news app on the iPhone was driving me nuts. Um, It, I tried to curate it with the, the news sources that I liked. And you know, the ones that were reputable. But inevitably, it kept showing articles about celebrities and just things that were kind of clickbaity. And I just, I would resist and I would kind of like, kind of, you know, not not click on these things. But I got tired of having to open, of opening that app and then kind of having to go through that process of saying no to it, of of using tools to avoid it. And I realized, you know what? Uh, I'll get my news some other way. I'll, I'll subscribe to the newspaper or something. Uh, but this Apple News app has got to go. And, you know, I've talked about this before. This is kind of a little detour, but, you know, I've talked about this before. Um, you know, these companies, Google, Apple, YouTube, Facebook, they make money when you stay on their platform when you are using their platform so they're going to um they're going to make your news app they're going to make your Facebook experience your YouTube experience your Instagram experience they're going to make it a honey pot they want you to get your hand in the honey and they want you to stay there and um because that's how they make money um you know, pretty much anybody who makes content, that's how you make money. If no one listened to Porn Free Radio, I'd be, I'd be, you know, back in corporate marketing, right? <laughs> this job, this job that I have now wouldn't exist. Um, So, you know, all content creators want to find an audience. And, um, and these, these, uh, these digital companies, you know, they, uh, they use anything they can to keep you on their site. And, and, you know, they are smart. they are learning platforms. So you know if you click on, and I'm not going to say their name, but if you click on Celebrity X and Y, um, some some bikini pictures, you know a month later when there's a story about Celebrity X, guess what's going to get put in your feed. It knows you like that celebrity. It knows you're interested in those whatever. And I'm, I'm trying to not say anything triggering. You know, after last week's show, I'm trying to be careful. But my point is, is you know, those those platforms get to know you. So what we were talking about, we were talking about a way to get hope is a small win. Believe it or not, when I got that news app off my phone, it was a small win. I haven't had any of those in a while. But it felt Good. It felt clean. You know? It it reduced my my phone usage. Let me let me look at my phone usage this week. I've I got rid of the app last week. So let me just I'm gonna pull it up right now. All right, my phone usage is down 14% from last week. Now I don't remember when I removed it, but I might have even removed it a couple weeks ago. So I I I'm I'm going to give myself a little more. I'm going to say that my phone usage might be done down 20%, maybe 25% over when the news app was on there. Um, so that's a huge win for me, right? 25% of the time I'm on my phone, Twenty, even if it's 20%, which I, I think it is. I think it's a little more than 14%. Um, because I remember logging into the new screen time tool on the Apple iOS and seeing the news app at the very top. Like, it was above, like, what, what do I have? Top for me is Safari, uh, and that's where I check a lot of web-related stuff to the business, and um, mail, those are my number one and two, right? News was above them. So, I know for a fact that it was, a, that it was taking up a huge amount of, of my clicking time and my sort of just jumping around on the internet time And, um, and meanwhile, I'm having to dodge these clickbait bullets. You know, I have to dodge the honeypot on a regular basis. So that was a, that was a big win that, that, um, that little thing that I did, um, kind of created some confidence. So first question is, are you around any guys in your life where you're getting some hope, where you see some of this in others? If the answer is no, problem. That's a big you know, warning Will Robinson. That's that's an old reference. But, you know, that's a big problem. You know, and I I I talk about Rev Group coaching here on a lot, and this isn't a promotion for Rev Group Coaching. But I get guys all the time who apply for coaching and then for one reason or another they talk themselves out of it. It's too expensive or they're scared or they're this or they're that. And I get it. It's not for everybody. But I really get concerned when guys are not around anybody in their life who they're getting hope from, when the only way they're getting hope is maybe by listening to this podcast. That's not enough. You need someone a little closer, a little more involved in your life, um, who you're seeing hope from. Uh, You know, I know there's other platforms, you know, in SA, you can get a sponsor. Uh, There's the Samson Society. You can get a Silas is what they call it. Um, you know, there's other, it's not, you know, but if you don't have anybody in your life where you're getting hope, that's a big problem. It's hard to create hope by yourself because we're feeling hopeless and apathetic already. And so unless we have that other person who we know has done it, who's been there, you know, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to see ourselves different from the way we are. Um, so that's number one. Number two, you know, if you've stopped um, even trying new things, right? If you've just become completely apathetic, you've given up, then I, one of the things that I think could be happening is that you've fallen into some denial. Um, you know, you've, you've gotten to the point where you're ignoring um, this area of your life um it's 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 almost like the hopelessness has just said oh well um and and i think there's probably a part of it where you stop realizing even the consequence um one of the first exercises i do with guys when they're doing coaching is i kind of say what does porn cost you and it's funny the first time i asked that question guys think real literally like well i only look at free porn so it doesn't cost me anything, you know. It's like think a little deeper. You know, think about the cost, you know, how is it how does it cost you internally with your confidence? How does it cost you in your marriage and in your intimacy? You know? How how does how does obsessively thinking about porn a majority of your day, how does that how does that hurt you in terms of focus, in terms of getting stuff done that you need? How is it what what's the cost of procrastination? you know I heard this story chris uh Chris Rock was talking about his porn addiction, and he said he was showing up fifteen minutes late for everything because he was just spending time on his phone looking at porn. You know what does that cost you to be fifteen minutes late everywhere um, might not be that much for you, but so I think there's a piece of denial um I, Michael uh, um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, who's, who's at the restored summit. He had this quote that I read, uh, um, from his book. It's called a book was called surfing with God. And it's, it's about his overcoming porn and uh, his faith journey. And he said this quote, he said, addictions are strategies we use to keep the truth from ourselves. Uh, They blind us from seeing what's true about us. So I think one of the things that happens, one of the reasons we get stuck in denial is addiction is a way that we can avoid some of the truth about ourselves. And so I think deep down, we don't feel good about this porn thing. Like you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't have some internal conflict about it. You know, it 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 if it was congruent with your values or with your the way you saw yourself. Um but there's something about you, there's some part of you that says, Hey, this just doesn't work for me. There's something off about this. I'm being controlled by this. This is um this is hurting me, right? But ironically, the addiction is actually uh, keeping the truth from ourselves. It's it's allowing us to sort of get stuck in this pattern of denial where we don't really want to admit the truth. We don't really want to see what's beneath the apathy and the hopelessness. We don't want to really change. I had a joke I was writing the other day. I've been working on this book And I had this great line. I thought it was a great line. I wrote it down. You tell me whether it's a great line. Um, You know, every once in a while I'm talking to guys and I feel like they're telling me um, I'm willing to do anything it takes. Um, That's what they're telling me. But when I see the action they're taking, when I see what they're committing to, they want to do anything it takes except change. (laughs) They want to kind of... In their head, they want to commit and do anything that it takes, but they don't really want to change fundamentally how they're doing things. And, uh, and I think that's one of the things that the addiction does, um, that that piece of it wants to keep us status quo. It wants to keep us stuck. Uh, it wants to keep us from embracing the change. And why I think it gets back to what we get out of it. We like it. It provides energy. It provides joy. It provides comfort. It provides rewards. And we want to avoid pain. We want to avoid the feeling of punishment or the uncomfort, the discomfort of recovery. Uh, we want to avoid those feelings. And so porn wants to keep us in the status quo. So it's very possible that underneath the hopelessness and the apathy is a sense of denial. You just really don't want to look at what's going on. Um, you don't want to look at how much this is costing you. Um, you don't want to look at the effect that it's had on, um, on your marriage or your relationship, or, you know, you, maybe you've lost a relationship. You don't really want to look at that. And you know, so that's one of those challenging things. It's like, because when we do look at that, what do we feel? We feel shame. We feel bad. And we want to avoid that. And so that's sort of the paradox is, you know, this addiction strategy that we have, you know, keeps the truth from ourselves. We de- we're den- in denial about how it's hurting us. And we're blinded from seeing what's true about us. We're blinded from seeing how how we're being hurt by this. Um, you know, in some of the twelve-step groups, one of the one of the steps, um, I think it's step twelve. It's about reaching out, and they talk about reaching out um, to the person who's out there who's still suffering. I don't think most guys who struggle with porn, a porn struggle. Unless something very significant happens, they lose their job, they their wife kicks them out of the house, um, they get arrested, whatever, their bank account gets drained by something or they have a scary experience. Most people do not associate struggling with porn, struggling with masturbation as suffering. We just don't we're in denial about the truth of how this is controlling us and hurting us. And um, even now, as I say it, was I suffering? Wait, I liked it. It provided energy for me. It, It provided joy, excitement. It comforted me, it was a reward. Was that suffering? In the moment, probably not. But how about the consequences? The loss of confidence, the loss of control, the shame-filled days that followed. Not even shame from anybody else. No one was telling me I was shameful or bad. I just felt that way. It always left me hurting and alone. Um, You know, I was writing something for the book the other day. And I got really in touch with some of the things I was looking for in porn, some of the feelings and emotions. And when I got done writing, I felt horrible because I remembered how hungry I was for porn, the aching that I had, for the intimacy, the nurture that I perceived that I could get from porn. It actually hurt to write about it. I I remember I was driving to Chick-fil-A to meet a friend. And as I was driving, it's funny because I got a piece of, I got an email from someone. And it was just a normal email that I get all the time but they criticized something on on the podcast. I don't remember what it was. And I was just sort of verbally processing, you know, this email. I was even thinking about writing a, you know, doing a podcast, responding to it. I didn't do it. I don't even remember what it was about now. But I had just gone through this vulnerable experience where I was writing about how, you know, how painful this experience was and how, 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 how deep it went how deep my connection with porn went and uh so i'm driving to chick-fil-a and i'm sort of pretending to answer this this letter and i started screaming (laughs) i started screaming as i was answering it and i was getting mad at the person who wrote the letter to me um i mean i was so mad um, oh, now I remember. Yeah, I remember what the letter was about. Um, it was just asking my opinion of a certain uh, type of porn and and whether I thought it was bad or not. And it 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 was it was it was non visual. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't have pictures or video. Um, and so they were asking, "Is this healthy or not?" And for whatever reason, as I'm you know, kind of like verbal. I don't know why I was even verbally processing, but I just started screaming. <laughs> why? Because I think I, I I remember it specifically. He was asking about, um, you know, erotic stories, and I don't want to get too much into this. And the, the, I'm not. This isn't a rant or anything. But uh, but I think what he didn't realize was the way I got hooked on porn was erotic stories. That was the first thing that I came across that really um, connected with me at a deep level. And I was addicted to it. I stole it. Um, it was my primary way of acting out for years. Um, and uh, I was compulsive about it. And so it really, uh, I think when I was responding, I was thinking about all the pain and suffering, that erotic literature that actually erotic stories caused in my life and how how what a schism and what a what a what a um oh, i can't think of the word like how much it controlled me how painful it was and so it pissed me off oh i said that word uh, someone someone confronted me about saying that um, but it really like, you know um, got me angry. And so I think that's the truth is if you're uh, if you're st- have a lack of motivation, it could be from feeling hopeless and overwhelmed by the problem, um, It could be uh, from not seeing it in other people, um, and it could be denial. It could be, hey, I'm not really doing that bad. I'm not really suffering. And you're ignoring the places in your life where you're suffering. You're ignoring the harm that it's causing you. Now, and I think that's the, the paradox of this is it feels like self-care when we're doing it. We're getting the energy, the joy, the comfort, the reward. But it's really self-injury it leads to the loneliness, the isolation. It creates more craving, hunger. It gives, it's a schism in our relationships and our connection. There's all sorts of things that this pursuit of porn does to us that makes us suffer. So how do successful guys overcome a lack of motivation? they move towards hope. So the easiest way to get hope is to, um, is to be around other people who, who have hope other people who are doing, who are doing what you want to do. You know, they say in 12 step, you know, how do you find a sponsor? Well, Find someone who's doing what you want to do and, um, or, you know, living the way you want to live and ask them to be your sponsor and then do what they tell you to do. Like that's kind of the basic idea is see, see, find someone who has what you want and go after them. So that's number one. Um, and you got to find that guys, there's no skipping that step. There, You know, if you could have skipped that step, you wouldn't be listening to Porn Free Radio. You would have read the book. You would have been on, you know, the website or the Reddit article. You would have got the details. You would have bought the the software and you would have done it. You need more hope than that, though. That's why you're listening to this show. You're coming here to get hope. So, you know, the action you need to take is find places where there's hope find guys who have what you want you know and you can do this with one another you know it doesn't have to be you don't have to be with me all the you know i'm not the only way to this you could get a group of guys together who really are serious about doing this and be in it together it's harder sometimes with if you don't have someone who's kind of a little farther ahead of you but you can do it We see it in others. That's how we get hope. We see it in others. And that helps us, you know, take the action we need to take. And when we start taking action, when we start getting some small wins, when we celebrate those small wins with other people, when we embrace something new, when we get rid of the app on our phone, when we take the action we need to take, We close the laptop instead of edging. Um, We get some confidence. We start to build some confidence. You know, the movement provides some confidence for us. And I'll say one last thing just about denial is, you know, one of the things that keeps us in denial Is isolation. If we're not talking about this struggle, if we're not identifying what we've been doing, if we're not being honest, chances are we're not being honest with ourselves. That's what denial really is. It's not being honest with ourselves, And, you know, the way to get honest with yourself is to be honest with others. To invite them in. So, you know, if I had to, if I had to break it down into three steps, find other guys who have hope, who have what you want. Be completely honest with them and then start taking action. Start getting those small wins. If you followed that model, you would be better off. That is how successful guys overcome lack of motivation. All right. So join me for the next four weeks. We're going to four more weeks of this. Next week, we're going to do how successful guys overcome shame. Uh, Then we'll do how successful guys overcome relapsing, how how successful guys overcome boredom. Any guys get bored out there? And finally, we'll do How Successful Guys Overcome Edging. I'm looking forward to each of these topics. I'm going to try to come at it from a new angle. We talk about these things sometimes on Porn Free Radio, but I want to talk about them together. I really want this series at the end of 2018 to help you get momentum um, for 2019. I want 2019 uh, to be the year um, that you go porn free. And, um, well, you can go porn free in 2018. We still got, uh, still got 20, uh, 24 days or so here. So you can go porn free now, but I want 2019 to be a a year where you put a flag in the ground, um, and go porn free for good. And, um, so we're going to continue talking about what successful guys do to overcome these challenges and build skills. So guys, the show notes for this show will be at Recoveredman.com slash 181. That's recoveredman.com slash 181. And as always, you can send me email at matt@RecoveredMan.com. That's recoveredman.com. Let me know anything you want to keep private in case I want to read your letter on the air. And be kind, guys. I I, I don't mind feedback, but... <laughs> I'm sometimes sensitive when I read these things. So try, if you really have good feedback for me, please give it. I love feedback, but try to be kind about it. (laughs) Um, All right, that was self-serving. Whatever, write whatever you need to, um, and, uh, and let me know if there's anything I need to keep private. All right, guys, this week, I want you to get hope and take action. Be good.